At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson experience here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we've got pretty much a sandwich of sports betting content as in the middle we've got some NFL as Mackenzie Kramer is going to be joining me in 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at what we can all expect here in week 12 of the NFL season and just in general what we're going to be getting in terms of these Thanksgiving Day games. So we're going to gauge his thoughts there, get maybe a few trends that we've seen perhaps in Thanksgiving. I'll get his thoughts to see if there's been any commonalities there and we're going to be in the middle pretty much the bread parts of that sandwich of sports betting. You're going to be getting college basketball in the front half and the back half of this hour. So we're going to have a good time with it. And we're going to be diving into my DK Nation pick here in a second because first things first, we've got to give a little bit of a shout out to all the folks that do a great job behind the scenes because it says the Greg Peterson experience in terms of the show, but it really takes a team to be able to make it work. We've got our newest member, Sean, who does a great job, one of our main associate producers, making sure that everything is up and running and online. And I think that it's doing a lot in terms of the podcasting. Every single hour that you find here on VSIN, you're able to hear it on the VSIN Best Bet. If I can speak correctly, the VSIN Best Bets podcast. Now you're able to find that Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. And then the reason why you're able to hear me very clearly, even though sometimes I... I'm stumbling over my words. That'd be Taylor. Whether you're listening via terrestrial radio, whether you're taking a look at things via vcin.com, list goes on and on. You're able to hear it thanks to Taylor. Everything that you're seeing, if you're watching on YouTube TV, it, heck, sometimes it's on, out there in the Circus Sportsbook as well. That is thanks to our wonderful technical director, Nick. And then Jason Cobb, my most wonderful producer, does an amazing job putting together all these great guest lists. He is keeping me in line as well. That is a very, very difficult job, and he does so also well. So big thanks to everyone. They do an amazing job behind the scenes here on the Great Peterson Experience and just bringing you all the beats and content that you enjoy all throughout the day. And as we know right now, here at midnight, I know that there's many hardworking people that they rely upon some good content because I know you guys work hard and you deserve a great show. So hopefully we are able to deliver that, and hopefully we're able to deliver a winner on this DK Nation pick Rough go of it with SMU missing free throws and blowing a double-digit lead. So we're going to look to bounce back with this game, 691-692 on the betting board. We are not going to reinvent the wheel. We're going to go to something old reliable. You've got Denver and IUPUI playing on a neutral court, and 
I think you guys know where I'm going. Denver is an 11 to 12 point favorite with a total of 134. And we are not going to be taking a look at the side. We're looking at the total. We're looking at the under. IUPUI is the saddest offense I have seen in quite some time. They are rivaling on centenary gentlemen level bad in terms of what we are seeing. Last year, IUPUI averaged right around 50 points per contest. That was the lowest mark that we have seen since the shot clock was moved from 35 to 30, and they're looking to duplicate that currently this season. They have scored fewer than 60 points in all four of their games, and that concludes a game that was against non-D1 Franklin. I don't know if they're a D3 school, if they're an NAIA school, but they couldn't get to 60 points against Franklin. They are currently shooting from three-point range 19%. 19 and I'm not convinced that this is some sort of an outlier or anything like that because they've right now got one guy, Vincent Brady II, who has been able to somehow, someway knock in their like six threes this season. And that is about it. You take a look at the track record of all these guys, and it stinks. Now, they got back Bryce Monroe in that last game against Franklin. He was able to put in their 13 minutes, and he was a double-figure scorer. Same used to say it a few seasons ago. Maybe it'll give them a little bit of something, but... This is one of the saddest programs I've ever seen in my life. I mean, for just putting this into context, right now with regards to this IUPUI team, they have been turning the ball over 17 times for contest. They're averaging, in terms of made field goals, 19 per game. If you take out the game against a Dondi one foe in Franklin, they've got more turnovers than made baskets. Not good, to say the least. And now you take a look at Denver, and they've really been throttling down their pace, and they're looking to play a little bit more defense. Jeff Wilbron has come in and he's been able to do a solid job of being able to turn things around because, I mean, the last name of the last guy is actually very solid, Rodney Billups. That's actually of relation to Chauncey Billups, but it was not really getting the job done. And for Wilbron, they've throttled themselves down. They're now right around about 280th in terms of possessions per game. This used to be a Denver team that was a little bit more up-tempo. And in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, this team was outside of the top 310 last season. They're more respectable 185, 190, depending upon how the games for Tuesday factor into things. But you know what? They're a league average defense. That is not too bad. You bring in some transfers. I like someone like a Tommy Bruner. He was playing at Jacksonville last season. Jacksonville won the most stout defenses in all of college basketball. Devin Smith has been able to do a solid job for the team. 14 and a half points per contest. You've got a Denver team that all of a sudden has been able to force some turnovers as they're getting right around 15 opponents turnovers per game. But also with this Denver team, they can't throw it in from three-point range. They have completely changed their identity in that a lot of their scoring has come from the free throw, and they're averaging right around 30 free throw attempts per game. That's towards the top of all of college basketball, but that said, they are also shooting 22.4% from three-point range, so you've got a battle of two teams in the bottom 10 in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Both of these teams have been able to do a relatively respectable job of being able to guard the three-point arc, especially Denver, as IEPUI is really the a weak link in all of college basketball right now. In terms of a lot of metrics, they rank IUPUI 363rd out of 363 D1 teams, and I can't say that I could really disagree with them. IUPUI is really not going to have a lot of second-chance opportunities in terms of being able to get rebounds and get putbacks. Denver has actually done a solid job of that, and IUPUI just doesn't do a good job on the glass in general. I think that this is going to be a bland, slow, very hard-to-watch game. This is probably one that you want to bet, and then you turn off and you watch... Christmas movies, maybe there's some sort of a, like, Gilmore Girls rerun, something like that, because I don't really want to be watching this game either. It's really, really bad. It is profitable, though, and I set my total more around a 125. We're getting this currently right around about a 134. I think that you're going to be seeing a lot of bricks in this game, and IEPUI not being able to cover yet another spread. I set Denver as a 15-point favorite. I'm willing to lay it with them. Keep in mind, this is also a neutral court game, so... This is an unfamiliar environment to both, so that means that the Brick Fest, it just adds another layer to it. So I'm going to be taking a look at this little under. That is the DK Nation write-up, and when it comes to Denver, set them as a 15-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay it here. How about if we go to a game that is going to be a little bit more palatable? This is actually a really good game between two mid-majors that I like. This is 693-694 on the board. It is Kent State on the road against the College of Charleston. Charleston looking to follow up their Charleston Invitational win and they are at home being a three-point favorite against Kent State seeing a couple straight two and a halfs out there as well. So this game is anywhere between 157 and 158. 
I think we've went up just a little bit too high in terms of this total. I set my total more around a 156.5. So with this game, I'm going to be taking a look at the under. But with Kent State, do you want to note that they are actually kicking up their tempo last season? They are more around 250th or so in terms of total possessions per game. They're more in that top 75 range with this Charleston team. They are one of the fastest teams that you're going to be fighting in all of college basketball. Last season, they were in the top five in that regard. And this season, they have really not turned down for anyone whatsoever. They're still ranking towards the top of all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. And it's a Charleston team that they do a solid job of being able to generate a few turnovers. They do a nice job with just having nine different guys. They're able to substitute in and out. They've got tremendous depth, and they go up against a Kent State team that is going to have the best player on the floor, in my opinion, as you've got Sincere Carey, who sincerely is able to give you north of 15 points per contest, has been able to do a nice job canning some threes. He gets the, guy, he gets the ball to so many other guys with a little bit over six assists per contest, generating two and a half steals per game. And Malik Jacobs was come in and has been a solid cog in the backcourt. 4.3 steals per game. Very, very impressive. Two-time All-Mac defender. I do think that that is going to help a little bit in terms of keeping this total under just because with all the just ball hawking that you've got with this Kent State team, that's going to lead to a bunch of dry possessions for both of these teams. And with Kent State, I do think that they're going to be able to win the battle on the glass just a little bit. But the big thing for this Charleston team is that they're able to give you at you just different looks all throughout the game. And with Kent State, they don't have the same amount of depth that Charleston does. I do think that this is going to be a case where Charleston might get off to a little bit of a rocky start, but as Kent State gets worn down a little bit more, they bring in Myron Thomas, who two seasons ago up All-State as a six-foot-eight combo player, was able to shoot 45% from three thus far this season, 12.5 points, 5.8 boards, able to do a solid job there. But I think as the game wears on, it is going to be Charleston who's able to dig down and they're able to be able to get this win on their home floor, certainly think that the fans are going to be pecking the arena for this one as well. And the guy that I think is very important for this College of Charleston team, that'd be Ryan Larson. He was the main point guard over at Wofford last season. Not necessarily a guy that is going to shoot the ball too much, but does a good job of just making sure that the offense is able to run very smoothly. He was able to have right around four assists to two turnovers while he was at Wofford last season. And it's a big reason why the College of Charleston has been able to do a good job in terms of their turnover ratio. And with the College of Charleston, Reason why they've been so successful with their style, getting offensive rebounds. Last season, in terms of rebounds on percentage of shots missed, they were in the top five in all of college basketball. I think those second chances lead to Charleston getting the job done on their home floor. I did set them as a favorite, more of four points. So here at three, I'm going to be willing to lay the number. Semi total 140 or 156 and a half. I do think that you're going to be seeing a few turnovers as well. So looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at Charleston and I was hitting this game towards the back half of our number one. So we're just going to do a little bit of lip service to get it all polished off. 741, 742, Dayton against Wisconsin. As you guys know, I like Wisconsin on the money line despite being a one and a half to a two point underdog. And Toronto's game is anywhere between 121 and a half and 123. Do note that the main point guard for Dayton, Malachi Smith, is going to be back in full. But I think that this game is going to be won by Tyler Wall. Good versatility. He's right now averaging 13 points, eight rebounds to Manny Kamara. He's able to give you 14 rebounds per game. But with this Satan team, they don't necessarily have a lot of depth. Chucky Epburn, I think, is going to be able to go into takeover mode. And we go into takeover mode next in terms of the NFL as we're going to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN. Does a great job as one of their main researchers and does great work with the Daily Wager. And he joins me next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers and cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken. 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot. Any share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 years older, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As per usual, please drink responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by our guest, Mackenzie Kramer. does amazing work over there at ESPN. Does a nice job helping out with the ESPN Sets and Information Department and the Daily Wager, that terrific show. And Mackenzie, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You got me pretty excited talking about ice cold beer and cold hard cash. So I'm looking forward to this interview. Absolutely. Hopefully we can enjoy a few of those along with some turkey on Thanksgiving as well. And just want to lead off by talking about this before we dive into any games. Have you noticed anything in terms of just betting on NFL Thanksgiving games that typically we don't see in terms of other games? Maybe it's just a fact that you get a little bit more public action and sometimes the lines are a little bit softer or anything of that nature, because I always do think that betting on Thanksgiving a day like this, it is just a little bit different. It's funny because there've actually been some pretty interesting trends when it comes to Thanksgiving. In fact, if you look since 1995, which, you know, it's a long sample size, but teams favored by at least seven points are 22 and five against the spread, 18 and four against the spread last 20 years. So we got, two of those this week. So big favorites have been cashing pretty well. But in terms of the two teams we see every year on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys just one in 10 against the spread their last 11 Thanksgiving games. Last year, they lost outright as a, as a big favorite uh, against uh, the Raiders. Uh, that was one of the few times that those big favorites did not cash. On the other side, the Lions are, have not been good at an underdog on Thanksgiving. 3-11 against the spread, 0-14 outright on Thanksgiving. Their last upset win on Thanksgiving happened in 2003 against the Packers. So it's been a minute since we've seen the Lions pull off an upset like they'll need to do on uh, Thursday. Yep, and with the Lions, it always feels like they've got a lot of variance on Thanksgiving because I still remember many, many years ago, they very nearly knocked off the Green Bay Packers in, like, I think it was 2002. I forget who was playing quarterback for them, but... They had was some that a guy, Mike McMahon game from Rutgers? The McMahon game, yes. That is exactly it. The McMahon game, in which a Packers very nearly lost. I remember when Jim Sorgi came in for the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts after Manning threw like six touchdowns in three quarters. So we have seen it all with the Detroit Lions, and now we're seeing them as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog against the Buffalo Bills. The good news for the Buffalo Bills is that they don't have to worry about travel in this scenario and that they aren't having to deal with anything like that. How do you take a look at this game, though, as I'm actually seeing a few straight tens out there as well? Because with the Lions, I've actually really liked what I've seen out of them the last few weeks. And for the Bills, they needed to show me a little bit of something last week against the Browns. Really like what I saw from them in that game as well. But I do have a little bit of trepidation laying this big of a number with the with the Bills on the road. Well, typically when it comes to the Lions, this is the type of spot you want them at when they're getting a lot of points under Dan Campbell. He's 13 and four against the spread when he's getting at least four points. And he's seven and oh against the spread as a home dog of at least four points. So historically, this is when you want Dan Campbell. The problem with me is 
I don't trust this Lions defense at all. Jeff Okuda out for this game. And we see the totals, 54 and a half last I checked right now, which is yep. one of the largest we've ever seen on Thanksgiving. So the market has no faith in the in the Lions defense to stop the Bills. And I kind of agree. I know Josh Allen's been throwing a lot of interceptions this year. Uh, I know I touted uh, Allen 50 to 1 to lead the league in interceptions entering the league year on the on decent. So I'm pretty excited to sweat that out. But I know Allen has been banged up a little bit recently, hasn't been playing as well. But I don't really have a strong lead on this game. Like I, I, I don't see the Lions really having an answer for Josh Allen uh, on that side of the ball. But again, I'm with you. It's a big number. It's hard, hard to lay that big a number. So I might be looking at the, t- at the prop market. Josh Allen over two and a half pass touchdowns. I saw that was like plus 145. I know it's, it's hard to throw three touchdowns, but that's why you're getting plus money on it. And I don't see this Lions secondary and pass rush having much of an answer for the Bills on that side of the ball. So I might try some of these prop bets on the Bills side, and that's why I'm going to try to play this game. And I'm glad that you bring up prop bets because something that I've been doing a lot more of this season is trying to take a look at the interception prop market. Sometimes you just have nothing when you think a guy is going to throw an interception and he's minus 180 to throw an interception. Typically, it's just like, eh, not necessarily a lot of value. You need the guy to do so a little bit north of 60% of the time, and I think that he probably does so like 60% of the time. So really no play there. But when it comes to taking a look at some of these props, what are some of the biggest things that you take a look at? Because like for me with interception props, it's a little bit more by feel rather than anything else. Do you have any advanced numbers that you take a look at, or is it a little bit more of a feel play for you as well? To be honest, I haven't dived dived uh, into the prop market as much as this year as I have in the past. I used to work on the fantasy show on ESPN, so I used to do a lot more fantasy research. I remember targeting pass catchers against the Falcons every week. Was pass catching running backs against the Falcons used to be a money maker just because they they were couldn't stop the opposing running backs in the passing game. That was a big thing on Monday for me is one bet I had was George Kittle over receiving yards just because the Cardinals have struggled uh, stopping a tight end all year. So I'll look at matchups like that, which teams struggle to defend the slot, maybe which teams struggle against running pass catching running backs, pass catching tight ends. That's typically how I tend to play those things. But I haven't done as much of the prop market this year, especially with the start of college basketball here. So there's a lot going on. So uh, my uh, attention's divided in multiple ways at this point of the year. Oh, absolutely. We've been seeing some great action out there in Maui, the wonderful state of Florida. It has been treating us very well as well. And I know that we let off talking about how there's a big trend with regards to double or seven or more point favorites being able to cover on Thanksgiving. And you mentioned it. We've got two. We talked about the first one. Let's dive into the second one. It is the Cowboys. It is the Giants. And the Giants are nine and a half point underdog. Now, I feel like this number is bloated just because of two things. You saw the Alliance take down the Giants last week. And you saw the Dallas Cowboys have one of the most impressive wins of the season, if not the most impressive win of the season, going to the going to the Minnesota Vikings and just completely dismantling them. Where do you stand on this game, though? Because with the Giants, this team is not as good as a record. No offense or much about it, but trying to feed a team that is currently 7-3 and three and having to lay 9.5 points to do so is just something I'm not interested in. It's a little scary because one of the things with betting always is you know, you don't want to overreact too much to what happened the previous week. And all we saw the previous week was Dallas having the largest road win they've ever had in franchise history, while the Giants losing at home to the Lions in kind of ugly fashion. But I think that this is Dallas or bust for me. I, I can't really take the Giants getting less than uh, 10 points in this one. I don't really see how they move the ball that much in this game. I do want to see the injury report to see if Michael Parsons is playing, but the Giants it seems like half of their offensive line and half of their defense is on the injury report. I saw something from Brian Dable saying that there's having a ton of game time decisions this week. So the Giants injury report looks pretty rough and I just don't really see how they move the ball. I don't see how them being able to block the Cowboys front very easily. And I think the Cowboys have enough skill players and I think their offense is good enough to cover the spread. They've been giving the ball to Tony Pollard a lot more. He's been by far their best running back this year. Uh, and one trend we talked, uh, you were talking about the Giants being that good and being a bad big than underdog. The last te- time a te- um, it's the largest spread for a team with a 701 percentage as a dog in week 10 or later since 2007. And over the last 25 years, Teams with a 700 winning percentage getting at least eight points are 0-6-1 against the spread. So sometimes these teams that are in these spots, they're there for a reason. Yep, they certainly are. And we're going to be hitting upon the final game for Thanksgiving on the other side because I do want to save at least one of those for that. But I've got to get your thoughts on this because there is one thing that stood out on the board this week in the NFL that just made me shake my head. This Broncos versus Panthers game. A game in which it does not involve some sort of a hurricane. It does not involve 55 feet of snow or anything like that. It just has a total of 35 because both of these teams stink. I mean, how 
I can't remember ever seeing anything like this where you don't have some sort of just ridiculous weather and a total of 35. I'm not sure what you make of it, but I can't remember anything like this. And I really can't take a look at the over at this point either with how bad these two offenses have been. I mean, this might just be an overbet on principle, though. Like 20 to 17 isn't over. It doesn't take all that much. Maybe, maybe Sam Darnold can do a little bit better job moving the ball for Carolina. Not that I have a whole lot of confidence in him, but maybe he can throw some pick sixes to this Broncos right. defense and there can get some points that way. I mean, Denver unders have been a cash cow all year, nine and one to the under this year, but. I mean, when it's 35, it's really hard to go under that, even with these two awful offenses. It's the lowest total we've seen in the NFL in 2019. And keep in mind, two years ago in 2020, the Broncos played a game literally without a quarterback active on the roster, and the total was higher than this. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to take the under in this one. So to me, I, I, I mean, this is a great teaser game, honestly. This is like the perfect teaser game. You got a two and a half, tease it up to eight and a half. Lowest total of the year. So on paper, this is the perfect Stanford long teaser. So maybe I'll look at it that way, but I have not bet this game yet. Oh, man, that is just absolutely hilarious. And do you have any opinion on the side in this game? Because I take a look at the Broncos and I really can't bet on them, but I don't know if I want to put a single penny on Sam Darnold in this game either. I, I, I No, I don't because I think Denver's <laughs> better, but like two and a half points, that could come into play. Again, the total's 35. This could be 17, 16, 16, 14, 10, 9. could be 7, 6. Like the, the two and a half points might actually come into play in this game. Yep, it's not very often that we say that. It's like, all right, we're getting down below that critical number of three. That is absolutely terrific. And, and as we know, the Broncos, they did trade away Bradley Chubb as well. The defense has not really felt that. They've still been able to do a very solid job. But, man, not so terrific. And I will say this for the Panthers. Ever since they fired Matt Rule, they've actually been able to give you an honest effort. Not that they are necessarily talented, but they've been able to give you an honest effort. And that's all that we could ask typically when it comes to the NFL and a man that does a great job of gauging the NFL. It is Mackenzie Kramer over there at ESPN with the Daily Wager and the Sets and Information Department. Coming up next, we're going to be hitting that Vikings versus Patriots game and so much more for Week 12 with them on the flip side here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Thanksgiving from Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, and you're able to feast on all the action with Bet Rivers this holiday season. Football, hockey, basketball, World Cup, and so much more. There's plenty to be thankful for with Bet Rivers. Check out our Thanksgiving Day promos like a football bet and get. First touchdown insurance and single game parlay bet and get head on over to betrivers.com or download the betrivers app today as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Mackenzie Gramer. Does great work over at the Daily Wager along with the ESPN Stats and Information Department. And Mackenzie, we talked about two of the Thursday games already. Let's dive into this one because I think that, in my opinion, there's the most value on this game with the Patriots and the Vikings and. Reason why I like the value here is that you're now below that critical number of three with Vikings. Find them as a two and a half point favorite. I was seeing one, two a little bit earlier. That seems to have dried up, but that's it. Just across the board being able to get a two and a half. That appeals to me. I'm not sure if you're in agreement, but this just feels like a really good buy low spot on a Vikings team that they got completely embarrassed last weekend. I think that they're going to be a little bit ticked off and they want to show that in a national stage on Thanksgiving. I think you kind of nailed it before with uh, saying that this line is now under three and it's edible. This is the type of game where if it's three and a half, I'd be like, you know what? The Patriots, their defense, I think they should be able to keep it close enough. I'll take the hook. But if it's under three, I think Minnesota would probably be the play. I mean, I, I think this is a close, a really close game. I don't have a strong lean either way, but I think Minnesota minus two and a half is what I would lean toward in this game. I just think that New England's defense is so good, but their offense is just not impressive at all. I don't really see how they move the ball that well through the air. I'm a little worried about, about the Vikings' injuries. Justin Jefferson, not 100%. That's kind of leading me toward not betting it yet. I know Christian Darrisaw is banged up as well, their offensive tackle. But to me, I think Minnesota minus 2.5 is where I lean in this game, but I have not made a bet yet. Maybe under 42.5 just because I think New England's defense will show up in this game, and I don't trust their offense. So I think New England is in general is an under team, so maybe that's the way I lean, but I've made I've not made a bet yet. Yep, I don't blame you there. And just with the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, even if it goes from two and a half down to two, 
It's just so much more important than if this goes from two and a half to three. And I could see this getting to three when it comes to Thanksgiving because I do have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of public betters, that they're going to be like, last game of the night, fire in there. I think that if you like the Vikings, you want to take it now because, like I said, if you get a two and a half and it goes down to two, yeah, you've lost a little bit, but it's nothing too bad. Whereas if it goes from two and a half to three, that's a big deal in my opinion. Totally agree with you. I mean, the key number in this point is so important. And the line, you mentioned the line might have touched two. Two is not really that much of a key number. So it's really not that important in this game. I mean, obviously, I mentioned it with the Denver Carolina game. Maybe in that game it would be. This total is a little bit higher. So the point doesn't matter quite as much. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot more risk in this game moving back to three than it is, you know, losing some value the other way. Here's something I didn't think I was going to say at any point this year. The reigning Super Bowl champions are 14 and a half point underdogs. They're going to be playing against Kansas City. Matthew Stafford is right now dealing with all sorts of injuries. Cooper Cup is currently on injured reserve. I think that the towel boy is right now dealing with injuries as well. It is not good for the Rams and for the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw what they were able to do on Sunday night. You've got Patrick Mahomes who does it once again in crunch time. Guy is just absolutely incredible. With that, I I mean, I'm not going to be taking a money line stab here on the Rams, but it's 14 and a half a little bit too lofty because just in taking a look at the Chiefs the last two seasons, they've had a tough time covering north of a touchdown. Now you're asking them to cover north of two touchdowns, and I don't know if I want any part of that. I don't know if I want any part of that either, but do you really want to take the Rams with Bryce Perkins or Matthew Stafford banged up throwing to complete nobodies right now? The Rams are 2-7-1 against the spread. It's the worst 10-game start by a reigning Super Bowl champion since 1997, the Packers. And this spread right now is the largest spread ever for a reigning Super Bowl champion getting over 14 points. The, lar- the previous largest have been 13-and-a-half. Happened twice. Both times the underdog won the game outright, but I don't really see the Rams plug at this time. To me, maybe Chiefs' first half would be the play. I just don't see how the Rams really are able to do that much in this game. Their offense is is, is completely completely dead, but I don't really want to lay north of two touchdowns with the Chiefs either. Like you mentioned, the Chiefs have struggled as a big favorite, two and five, laying at least four points this season. They've struggled dating back to last year as well. So to me, this is a total pass right now. Yep, I don't blame you there. This is going to be one of the toughest games to decipher on the board. This is just a game that, in, for me, it's something that I can't bet until we see the injury reports on Wednesday between the Chicago Bears and the uh, New York Jets because you just don't know the status of Justin Fields right now. And if Trevor Simeon comes in and this thing gets steamed up to high noon, I still can't take it with the Bears. Trevor Simeon, for me, is a guy that I want absolutely nothing to do with. Meanwhile, for the Jets, I honestly would probably upgrade them a little bit if they go away from Zach Wilson. Not necessarily because you've got... Mr. Mike White, along with Joe Flacco being better, but I just think the team will respond to literally anyone not named Zach Wilson being under center because it seems like they just hate the guy at this point. And after hearing his comments after what we saw on Sunday, I really don't disagree with them. But right now we're seeing a line of four and a half. Are you sort of in my camp that you're waiting to see what happens or do you have a little bit of a side on this at the current moment? Um, I mean, the first thing I did when I saw that Fields might not play was I bet the under at 41 and a half. I couldn't believe that it was still in the 40s. I, saw, I mean, even 39 and a half, I still think there's some value on the under. I don't see how the Bears score this game, in this game if Trevor Simeon plays. Like, their te- implied team total is like 17, 17 and a half. Whenever that comes out, if it's 17, 17 and a half, that'll be one of my biggest bets in all seasons because I don't see really how the Bears can move the ball. I mean, Trevor Simeon, 0-5 in his last five starts. He, the guy, if he's under, if he's, got time to throw he's not terrible but the Jets have one of the best pass rushers in the league and they don't have to blitz while doing that so I just don't see how the Bears move the ball in this game I love the Bears team total under whenever that comes out I think the line is a little bit inflated just because we've seen five straight Bears games go over the total and we've seen how good this offense has looked recently but that's all Justin Fields and running the ball Trevor Simeon's not really a threat to run the ball as far as the Jets side, I do think we'll actually get a Zach Wilson start. That's kind of how I'm kind of reading this. I mean, no one really knows for sure, but the Jets were all in on Zach Wilson ever since they drafted him, trying to go as far away from creating a quarterback controversy as possible. But I think after his postgame comments last game that they need to try to light a fire under him and basically, you know, try to save the locker room. But I don't think they're ready to give up on Zach Wilson yet. So my guess is he starts this game. But I think for the first time in his career, he's going to be on a pretty short leash in this game. And if this game is, you know, 6-3 at halftime or something, I would I definitely see Mike White coming out in the second half on this game. Yep, when it comes to the Jets, boy. Not great at the quarterback spot and every other position has been pretty rock solid for them. So we shall see what happens there. And let's take a look at the Chargers, who I've been intrigued by because I actually liked what I saw from them against Kansas City Chiefs. 
They just got bitten by that man known by Patrick Mahomes. He's right now, in my opinion, the best crunch time athlete really in all of sports. And they're going to be going up against a Arizona Cardinals team that they looked absolutely dreadful south of the border out there in Mexico. They did not put up much of a fight whatsoever. We have no idea what we're going to be getting out of Kyler Murray moving forward. And with the Cardinals, they're now between four and a half and five point underdogs. And typically this would be a spot where I'm like, oh boy, a team that just got embarrassed. They're going to be at home. Good spot. I can't say that about Arizona because they're just such a poorly coached team. And Kyler Murray, I just, I don't know how badly he's hurt. I don't know what his status is. And I just have a lot of unknowns with the Cardinals. Meanwhile, with the Chargers, at the very least, I know that they're still fighting and they're still giving a good effort. I get that. But four and a half is way too big a number for me to land the road to the Chargers. I like Arizona in this game, honestly. I, I was kind of encouraged by some Cliff Kingsbury comments. He kind of said that Kyler could have maybe played last week, but the, but the Cardinals had a bunch of injured offensive linemen. He didn't want to put him behind a banged up offensive line with against the 49ers. If they get some of those guys back this week, I think they, that, that improves their offense. If Kyler plays, that improves their offense. And I think Hollywood Brown's going to come back this week. It looked like he almost came back on Monday. Give him another few days to, to rest up and heal up. I think this Arizona offense could look a lot different in a couple of days on Sunday. And I think four and a half is way too many points. Let's look, I saw this line was three and a half on, uh, yesterday. And I'm like, this might be a little bit too much, but I don't want to bet it. Now it's four and a half. I'm in. Give me the, give me the Cardinals getting the points here. Even if Colt McCoy starts, I mean, I'm not going to love the number if it's Colt McCoy at that point. But I still think they have a chance to cover that spread. And if Kyler's starting... This line, I think, could be two and a half for the Chargers. So I think you get three and four. I like Arizona in this game. And then let me throw at you one mid-sized favorite that is at home. I really like that would be the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Las Vegas Raiders for the Raiders. They just find a way to blow close games aside from when they face off against the Denver Broncos, who, in my opinion, just has the worst coach in all of football with the Seattle Seahawks. Them being at home, having the 12th man, I think that that's very important. I really like the Seahawks in this spot. Not sure if you've got any sort of opinion right now, but I think the Seahawks are going to be a look for me in terms of the contest and much more than that. I, I, I totally get it. I mean, Seattle's looks like a much better team this year. I'm just a little leery with them as a favorite. We'd like them as an underdog. We'd like them laying super short numbers around pickup. Now they have to win by at least four points in this one. It's the first time they've been favored by over a field goal all year. Seattle's been pretty good recently, four and one in the last five games against the spread, but RFPI, by the way, our FBI likes the Raiders in this game a lot. We think the Raiders are basically a one-point favorite in this game. FBI is a lot higher on the Raiders than the Seahawks. I'm not totally sure if I buy into that, but to me, this is a stay-away game right now. If this line gets back to four, four and a half, maybe, then maybe I might bump into the Raiders. I mean, but to me, to take Seattle, three, maybe, but maybe two and a half would probably be my number on Seattle for this one to actually bet on them. We'll see how that line moves going forward. And Mackenzie, I know you do always a great job of taking a look at all these NFL lines. You join me darn near every week on this show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Pepperdine plus 18 against UCLA tomorrow. Hey, I like it as well. I am on Pepperdine myself. Mackenzie does great work over at ESPN. Sets and information along with their show, The Daily Wager. And that's a lead in. We're going to be talking some college basketball next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Good news, you don't have to wait until after Thanksgiving Day to score a Black Friday deal because with VSIN and our new VSIN Pro Annual subscription, subscribers are able to get a $30 credit to the VSIN store. With VSIN Pro Access, you get daily recaps of top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, and you get a deep dive on daily betting reports, plus our upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guys. The VEASAN store is a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting. Hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited time offer for Black Friday. So sign up for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to have Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN. There is Stats and Information Network aboard. So great to be able to get him on. And now... We've talked a lot about the NFL. We're going to be diving into some college or some college basketball here. And in the next hour, we're going to be talking some college football. So we're going to have some fun there. We're talking a little bit of everything, trying to spread the love. And when it comes to college basketball, we do have some big time matchups. We've got some that are involved in multi-team events. We've got some that are not, but really the biggest multi-team event that is going on, which is just a more complex way of saying these non-conference tournaments is the battle for Atlantis that is going to be getting going on Wednesday. Obviously the Maui invitation a little bit bigger, but fortunately we don't have any numbers on those, but we do have a number on Kansas versus NC state. This is 739, 740 on the betting board. And this is the early one noon Eastern time NC state finding themselves an eight after a nine point underdog. They open up in some spots at eight. This has gone to the way of Kansas a little bit to eight and a half to nine and total a little bit all over the map. And we're between 151 and a half and 153 and a half. And when it comes to this Kansas team, I felt like they should have been more like an 11 and a half point favorite with Kansas. You got the most dominant player, in my opinion, in Jalen Wilson, a guy that's averaging darn near a double double going up against an NC State team that I like the fact that they brought in DJ Burns from Winthrop, who was able to give that team right around 15 points, five rebounds per game. But Always the problem with DJ Burns is just conditioning. He can't give you really more than 20 minutes per game. He's been utilized for about 16 minutes per contest. That means that Jalen Wilson, who's been even more versatile than in the past, shooting about 33% from three, 24 and a half points, nine and a half boards, four and a half assists. He should be able to take hold, and you're going to have the best pure shooter, in my opinion, in this game. Grady Dick is right now shooting 50% from three-point range, six-foot-eight stretch player, and they're going to be going up against an NC State bunch that just have soured on Kevin Keats. I always thought that he did a solid job. He was at UNC Wilmington. I've always thought, oh, he's going to get things online for NC State. He's going to be able to do this. He's going to be able to do that. But after seeing Terquavian Smith coupled with the other gentleman and Duran Sebron at the NBA Draft Combine and seeing the archaic offense that they were running at NC State, it's like, eh, never mind. As for NC State, you've had Smith do a very solid job. 19 points, five and a half assists per game. But this is also an NC State team that, you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of them on the defensive side of things. They rank outside the top 150 in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage, and they really have not played against the world's stiffest of competition. They've done a great job of being able to keep, keep teams off the offensive glass as Dusan Metasoric. He's been able to give the team 9.5 points, 7.5 rebounds. That's a name that I always butcher, so I apologize, Mr. Dusan over there at NC State. But 
NC State not really going deep in terms of their rotation either. You've really got six and a half guys that you're able to rely upon. Ernest Ross has been able to give the team a few minutes, but really once you get past Casey Marcel, who's been able to give the team 15 points per game and is shooting 54% from three, something that it is going to be cooling down in sooner rather than later. You really don't have a ton. And also keep in mind, I mentioned this in the last hour and it's worth repeating. These rims in the battle for Atlantis are about as hard as a stone. I mean, I've never seen tougher rims before in my life. I've never seen more friendly rims in my life than I've seen in Maui at these rims. I mean, college pro AAU, these are about as unfriendly as it gets. I have no idea why. I have no idea how. I don't know what goes into rim friendliness slash unfriendliness, but these rims are stones. So that is really going to be hurting the scoring in this game. And also hurting the scoring is the fact that Kansas, just a little bit more of a defense-oriented team this season. They're one of the best teams in college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They've got a little bit less outside shooting themselves. They've got Grady Dick as a guy that I really, really like. But Pat said, I mean, something like a Kevin McCullough. He's just a sad sheet sufferer. He's going to give you 10 points, 5 boards, 3 assists, a block, a steal. You need him to sell hot dogs at the hot dog stand during halftime. He'll do that. Not a guy that's going to go bombs away from three-point range or anything like that. K.J. Adams has done a nice job giving the team a few rebounds. Got someone like Dewan Harris, who is now scoring more like 9 to 10 points per game, but he's not a flamethrower scorer either. He's just out there to facilitate the ball. So I do think that this is a total that should go under. I set my total more in the mid-140s. I set my total in that pocket about 145.5. So I'm looking under with Kansas. I think that they do a good job of just sucking the life out of this NC State offense. I set them as 11.5 point favorite, so going to be willing to lay it with the Jayhawks. Let's go 743-744. The West Coast battle that is happening in Atlantis. USC and BYU doing battle. Very few letters needed for spelling out this one. As for BYU, open up a 1.5 point favorite. We're seeing anywhere between 1.5 and, and 2 on them, and your total is anywhere between 142 and 143. I'm going to be taking a look at another under in this ordeal. Once again, Shaded down my totals a little bit for this event just because you've got these rims that they do not allow anything to really just have any sort of give. So that's a bit of an issue. And I think that that bodes a little bit better for USC. USC has honestly been playing a little bit more up-tempo. They rank at the top 100 in terms of possessions per game, but they've really been able to do a solid job on defense. They have not been so effective on the offensive side of things. They're currently without their main big man in Vince Iochuku. He was a top 50 recruit that... He unfortunately collapsed in off-season workouts, just on a serious note. Want to wish him very, very well on a speedy recovery and that he's able to get out there on the floor. But as a result, now you've been looking at Joshua Morgan being their main low-post player. He's been able to do a solid job in terms of shot blocking. He even did that when he was at Long Beach State. He's been able to get the team four blocks per contest, nine and a half points, six and a half rebounds. I like what I've seen out of him. And Trey White has stepped up a little bit of a freshman, seven point six half rebounds per game. But I think it's going to be very important for USC just being able to get some consistent scoring out of Boogie Ellis, Andrew Peterson. Great name on Peterson, by the way. They're combining to be able to give you right around 31.5 points per contest. That backcourt has been solid. And what I do like about this USC team is that these two guys, they do a nice job of generating steals, right around 3.5 steals per contest. It's a USC team that they themselves have been getting a little bit out of whack. And for USC, they had their woes at the free throw line last season, and that has lingered a little bit into this season. In both of the seasons, they've been shooting less than 70% at the free throw line. So got a little bit of an issue there, but this is also a BYU team that they're currently shooting 64.5% of the free throw line. They rank 300th in the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Not having Alex Barcel has really taken it out of the seam. And for the turnover wolves that you've got with USC, it's not as bad as BYU. 19 turnovers per game for this BYU team. I mean, this team brought in Rudy Williams from Coastal Carolina and he was supposed to help facilitate the offense. He was looking to be Alex Barcelo 2.0. Instead, he is giving out three assists of five turnovers per game. This is not a USC team that's going to go out there and is going to be doing a ton of pickpocketing, but when you present the ball to them on a silver platter, they're going to take it away. You've got a Tiki Ali Atiki who's been able to do a solid job, five and a half points, two and a half rebounds, had a very, very awesome name to save, Fusani Treyer down low. 12.5 points, 7 boards. You've been able to get some good production out of Gideon George. Good Juco player who's been able to give you 10.5 points. Solid 3-point shooter for him as well. But when you come up dry on that many possessions, you have so many possessions that get just completely toasted. It makes it hard to be able to win games. BYU has been able to do a halfway decent job on defense. And a little bit of that is just because they had to play against San Diego State, a San Diego State team that they just suck the life out of you. They do a good job of being able to generate steals. But 
With that said, you take a look at this offense. Only scoring 60 points against Idaho State. Scoring 66 against Missouri State. Really leaving something to be desired. Now you go onto a court in which has the most unfriendly rims on the face of planet Earth. And I think that BYU is going to struggle in this game. I made USC the very slight favorite. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Trojans on the money line. Did set my total at 134.5. I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well. We'll do the brief once over on this game. And perhaps hit it a little bit more in hour number three. This is the last game in terms of battle for Atlanta. It's Tennessee and Butler, 745, 746 on the board. It is Butler who are between seven and seven and a half point underdogs. And your total on this game is between 136 and 136 half. This opened up at eight. I felt like at the eight, you had good value on Butler. And if you're still finding a seven and a half, which there's still quite a few out there, I think that you got value. Once you get down to seven, really not so much. And if you get down south of seven, I'm seeing the value on Tennessee. Tennessee, a supremely good defensive team. They don't necessarily have that one guy that's going to give you a ton of rebounds, but you got Olivier Kamwa. He's a nice, versatile player. He's able to give you eight points, four boards. He's able to pop some threes. And for Butler, Manny Bates, be able to do a very solid job down low. With that said, Butler has not faced as good as a perimeter defense as you're going to be finding with Tennessee. As a result, I did set my total at 129, looking under. And I'm going to be taking a look at late light, night line movement to determine my side sense. We're seeing a lot of sevens that are popping up on the board. And something else I'm looking for is a little bit of a pro tip for this hour. Visa.com slash subscribe for all of these. And the pro tip for this hour, we were talking about it with Mackenzie Kramer. In terms of player props, look to attack the weaknesses of a defense to be able to find some overs. I'm talking about this in terms of a team that might not be guarding the tight end very well. You look at that tight end, bet some overs in terms of their receptions and yards. And coming up in hour number three, we're going to be going back to the hardwood, looking at college basketball and the slate for Wednesday here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.